0: For every veteran there is a story, a story about a calling to serve, to fight for the freedoms of the American people and every story has a struggle, a sacrifice and invisible wounds. Warrior Watch programs help veterans recover from PTSD and invisible wounds through exercise, nutrition, and connecting with other veteran leaders. It is estimated that 22 veterans die each day by suicide and another 30 veterans die each day by substance abuse. These are preventable deaths. Warrior Watch is committed to fighting PTSD through fitness, nutrition, and community. opportunity to support our heroes in their time of need will you join us and take action
1: all right all right all right welcome back we are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, First Responder, or Gold Star Family. We would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, Take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and about Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to our Sunday evening show. We are live tonight back in Clarksville, Tennessee. Before we go back on the road again, we'll be up in the greater D.C. area this week for two shows and then back home for the last two shows of the year. Uh, tonight we have a good one but before we get to that we'll pause and uh we'll pay respects to uh, another person that has joined the 22 uh, staff sergeant daniel mata of the united states marine Corps. we lost him this weekend so keep him his family and your thoughts his family and friends and his thoughts, your thoughts and prayers and to to valhalla sergeant mata but tonight we have a good one our guest is a combat veteran with 11 years of service in the united states army He is also a serial entrepreneur who brings significant expertise in marketing, IT, and project management. He currently runs and operates a marketing company, No Limits Marketing Group, founded to help small businesses survive the pandemic. It uses a combination of modern marketing techniques coupled with non-lethal targeting framework learned within the military to provide clients with winning strategies. He is also a founding member of a veteran nonprofit called Vet Rally for the Troops, now part of Racing for Heroes, and has worked on other veteran-based projects. So, without further ado, let's welcome Will Yeski to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Will. What's
0: going on, my man?
1: How you doing, brother? And like I said, and uh, just before we went live, uh, I we know had the you aha threw that
0: on me. <laughs> that
1: we had the <laughs> aha moment that we both were in the same place, uh, just a year apart from each other, or probably overlapped each other a little bit, and. uh uh, the Argonaut Valley is not a fun place, it was not a fun place, and we both survived it. We're both here, but your story is out there now with the book Down the Valley. So, welcome to the show. I can't wait to hear more about you and your uh, your life and pre-po- pre-during and post-service. So, Will, the mic is yours. Tell us a little more about you.
0: Oh, man, like I, you got me pumped up in that intro. I mean, you had everything from uh, the warrior wads like and i'm like whoa I'm, I'm feeling amped that was a great uh commercial on there and stuff and then you just keep you keep them coming you know before you're like hey uh or we're about to go on but you know i was in the argondog too and i'm like wait what oh. whoa <laughs> <laughs> so you you, you know then you must have seen that and been like holy crap like this guy i gotta talk to this guy <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely so i kept like an like, ah, shake
0: <laughs> right like i mean it's just it's wild that there's been so many people either through this project, you know, or that have reached out when they see, you know, Argonaut stuff where we're talking and then they are like, Oh yeah, I know that place. And, um, it seems to just be to where it's now, you know, people are starting, it's starting to circulate and people are getting that, you know, all oh, that place. <laughs> damn that place. Damn the Valley <laughs> <It's> the That's <laughs> title, you know? But, um, yeah, man. I mean, Hey, you got your, I was doing cars pre-service anyway, I kind of joined up a little, a little later because, uh, so, I mean, grow up small town, uh, new England, you know, and, uh, I really, I had felt the need. I wanted to join the Marines a little bit earlier and I ended up getting talked out of it and, uh, and this was uh pre nine 11 and everything. And, you know, went to school, went into, uh, went down the motorsports path for a little bit was with BMW and then on to Subaru. And, um, yeah, I just kind of had this thing to where I hit a, I need to hit the life's reset button. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know what? I know we're, we're on, (laughs) we're at war right now, but, uh, it's something I always wanted to do. And if you think about it in this way, you know, it's really, that chance is always there. And if you're joining up, like really quite honestly i wanted the full experience and man did i get it right <laughs> yes you did So,
1: yeah <laughs> <That whole puzzle. laughs>
0: yeah right there man this uh i mean really seriously like in one year's time with that like in people you know all these different stories and they're like wow you know must have been quite i'm like that was one year <laughs> i didn't i didn't deploy after that you know that wasn't a um it was just how it was, how it went in the rest of my time in service, but, uh, you know, cra- crazy stuff, you know, over there, but I mean, even getting, getting over the 82nd airborne, um, yeah, that's a little bit of, you know, you go in and you have that standard, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sign on the line. I was trying to be, a, you know, green beret right off the bat through the x-ray program. And yeah, I mean, that's a recruiting tool in itself. Uh, yes. but there's a lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of guys that were there through basic training, there was a bunch of them that ended up, um, ended up making it, uh, crazy. You know, I mean, the, the fort, the regiment was hurting at that time. Uh, you know, and I mean, after the Argon I went to the back to SFAS myself and kind of popped in over there, but, um, you know, that, uh, <laughs> that experience was, That was the, quite the deal. You know, I mean, you have, we show up right before what we showed up right before the Christmas ball. And within a year, you know, you're a little bit less than a year's time. It was just one training cycle after the next. And before you know it, you're, you're going into the, well, going over to Helmand first. That was the, the whole thing as we ended up, was it 2009? So we were actually slated for Iraq at the time. And I, I was thinking Afghanistan was a little bit of a blessing, you know, cause I was like, okay, here we go. We're gonna, this is that at the time it was EFPs and urban fighting, you know, that building to building like this is, this isn't going to be fun. Um, so when they said Afghanistan in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, we're going to get some standoff. This'll, this'll be nice. Right. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to Helmand and I'm like, man, this is, so this is deployment. This is the, mo- this, all right. Yep. I've heard these stories. This is just boring. Um, you know, and we got into a tick, which actually ties in, you know, Advon party was sending stuff back saying, Hey man, like this place is crazy. We're going to get some hellacious firefights. This is wild. Everybody's going to get their CIBs the first week and we get there and it's just nothing. You know they learned very quickly. Like when we would leave, we'd come across, the, we'd hear across the radios. You know, hey, Circle Squares are coming through. Um, you know, so they wouldn't mess with us. But uh, October thirty first, the the day the book was released, so on Halloween back in two thousand and nine, that was our first firefight. You know, trial by fire in uh, in Helmand Province. And um, so we got in our first tick out there. You know and that was that that went it went so textbook we came off of such a high from that in how we just we rolled right through like it was came up they had a support by fire in the wood line they they had a squad sized element bounding up and we just crushed it you know i mean they were unaware too you know we rolled up onto the firefight so that, I'm sure that was a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> like we had one guy running across, um, he came around the building, like as soon as we were maneuvering from the second truck into the first position and I saw him come out, um, you know, and just his eyes like huge, big as saucers. Cause he didn't, we were on a raised road and he didn't realize, you know, they were, bounding up bounding up using the buildings for cover and he comes around and then there's this huge <laughs> you know v-hole cougar sitting above and um it looks up and they were so close the the gunner couldn't even traverse the 50 down Oh wow. um yeah so and that was like a whole that whole you hear about these things of adrenaline hitting and uh the specialist cannon up in the turret is h- throwing the saw. the the driver up into the turret from one of the guys beneath and he jumps up into the turret and like just kills two dudes right there just smokes him i mean it was just it, it was wild it was wild to see and then you know we just we get around front and we open up we had a mark 19 mounted up top and we start opening up on the support by fire in the wood line and it was just you know go 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 you're hearing the the pings you're hearing the zips and whatnot and it's weird because you're in a vehicle at that point you know and then down the road when we get to the Argendob, you're completely dismounted so it was a little bit of everything you know but then uh so after this firefight you know we're, we go through and everybody's getting looked over we had one guy with a, a bullet hole in the armpit of his um of his ACU's and another one with uh, like a tear in his helmet. I guess a bullet skipped off the top. Just, oh yeah, so some close Look. calls there. But not right, but everybody was fine uh, except for except for the Taliban. We rolled up and uh we rolled back through Lashkar Gah, and the the Brits were having a little Halloween party, and it was it was just surreal, man. Like we're here, we are having some burgers and. <laughs> burgers and fries around a campfire with our counterparts laughing about what we had just gotten into, you know, what, what could have been a very different situation, but just, uh, hours prior. So it was, um, yeah, you know, and then of course it goes down to where, uh, we didn't really have a particular mission over there. And that's when, um, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Genio and Command Sergeant Major Bert Puckett. They they're trying to get us into the fight. You know, like any any good commander would. You got a bunch of hungry infantry paratroopers, um, that are highly trained. You know, and they're trying to get into it. But how many the place for it? The, the they were trying to get us into Marja, is what it was. And the Marines didn't want us there. Um, and the Brits, you know, I think their exact words that were told to me was. We don't need a bunch of paras mucking about the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so it was, uh, Mars was about to kick off, and we are just like, all right. And he went to, uh, so Lieutenant Commander, or Lieutenant Colonel Genio went to um, Stanley uh, General Stanley McChrystal at the time, and was like, hey, where, where are you guys going next? Like, what's the next push? Where can I get these guys into the fight? And it was hey, we're surging into Kandahar next year, um, so I got a spot for you, you know. And we replaced uh, fifth ID strikers, yeah, right there in the Argandab, and that was you know that was the start of it, man. That's um, we went down there, we re outfitted at uh, FOB Walton, and that's where we got those um UCP deltas. So we got handed a different set of a camo. And I know right. if you were there, you, I don't know. Did you guys ever get, or did, or were you just straight multicam by the time you got there?
1: Uh, we mixed. So some of us were still in the, the beautiful ACUs and then some were in the Oof. multicams out there. So, so okay. It makes you look like a hodgepodge when you walk, down, walk next to people as everyone had done something different on
0: Yeah. So you never got the ones with the brown,
1: uh, the,
0: the, <laughs> affectionately known as the, the shit to use.
1: Uh, not on that tour. The next year, you know, two thousand twelve, I got them up in Kunar.
0: Oh, okay. There must have still been some left over.
1: Yeah. yeah I know they were like when I got when I got wounded. That's what they gave me to go back to my base. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I had been told by some of the hundred first guys they had they had gotten some of that stuff and whatnot. I know once once we got multicam, the man, the difference was night and day. You know the only the only good the ACUs were really for was if you put guys up on the OP, um, and I don't know where whereabouts were you
1: in the Argandab there. So we were in a right out you know where Fob uh, Wilson was. Okay. So right outside there, that whole area there, and then down to Housing Madad.
0: Okay, so we were. I'm trying to think. Wilson, you
1: were, you were west of uh, east of us. I mean. We were east of you. South and east probably. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Cause that was, uh, so we started out, well, what became cop Johnson was kind of our, that was covering our, our butt from the main Avenue there. And then we were pushed in with the main element to cop Ware, and then just because of man, the tempo there. Cause so we ended up uh, establishing cop Ware in the Valley, early December. So when you establish something like that, oh man, especially with just like the side, like two, two platoon elements, like that was just, it was rough. Like we, we got in, well, we held it for a few days. You know, so we went in expecting heavy resistance. There was nothing. It was like, Hey, it's winter. No, nobody's fighting. Um, okay. (laughs) This is weird. Um, you know, and held the area and then these HESCOs show up and then it's like, all right, so what are we doing? Like we're just putting up tents in the middle of a radish field. And we put these hescos up, but there's nothing filling them. So there's zero secure. Like these things you can actually just see the burlap like flapping in them. And yep. yeah, you got the tent set up, and we're like, I mean, there's even pictures and stuff. You could see them. Uh, because it wasn't until after the f- uh first of the year. So over a month of these things not being filled. And the first what was that first IED we hit was uh johnston and that was day after christmas um oh you just cut out rich you still got me yeah i didn't hear okay. what you said there
1: i didn't say anything when you when you said you just cut out and hadn't said anything yet
0: oh i got you man it's just i don't know you still got a little bit of that strange connection going on there um but no, so the um yeah i mean that was the first December 26th as a uh, specialist, Jason Johnson. We lost him on that one. And uh, you know, I mean, we had other casualties. There's was um, private Steve Towery lost his leg. And the the craziest thing about that particular incident was we had guys clearing out in front of us. And so the, the EOD you know, the first guy went through with the, the minesweeper, the minehound. He goes over it. Nothing. EOD team comes through and clears it. And they're all in the concrete. And the first half of the squad comes through. And I'm about mid-stack. I went right over this thing, maybe 30 seconds prior. Wow. And um, yeah, man. And then B team is coming in, and it must have just been because the way we we moved and stuff, we we knew and we tried staying in everyone's footsteps and he must've just been the slightest bit off. Cause like, so after all the assessment and stuff was done, that initiator, there's no way we would find the metal in there. Like it was one of those, like the Chinese hockey puck, um, mines to where like the only metal that's in it, it's like the size of a safety pin. And we were already battling. Like there was a high iron content in the soil. I mean, there was stuff to where it was breaking up our radio waves to where you couldn't even, you had to have the long whip up for anything. Like you wanted to call in anything, um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you were, you were out there. So, I mean, you know, on how it was just a weird area to where it's almost like that black hole, yeah. you know, and, and, and this and, is
1: for those listening, this is a flat land. It's not mountains. Like we have been like the movie lone survivor. They had no communications because in the mountains here is basically a wide open desert, but just a mineral deposits, and alien waste that's there. Just get you.
0: Oh, that must have been the area you were at, because so where we were, we were at the base of, um, like so. cop Copware was in the orchards at the base of the mountains that were across oh, so there, we there, and we
1: had like, right for Kandahar Pure. That's where you were. Yes. At that over there.
0: Yeah. So like we actually had we had two op position. We had um, one six five and one sixty, and so we we would man one of them. So you'd send like a four man. Uh, like a little partial squat, like squat element up there, send a four man element up and they'd sit up on the OP for, you know, five days or so until the next ones come through Um, and just kind of watch over, you know, either at M14s, they had a few of those up there, but uh, the clue was the big one. So you had a javelin up there, ready, ready to go at any time, you know, and they'd watch over, but it was just, it was crazy to see the, we, ha- I mean, the orchards through there, uh we would have wildlife like coming after our patrols and stuff they had a they had a mountain lion like that they they literally crossed right in front of them on the op there's a mountain lion just like skulking past and then they had a there was a patrol we were on to where you hear the op get on and they're like hey guys guys there's there's something there's something tracking you it looks like a jelly bean What are you talking about, man? Like, it looks like a jelly bean. And one of the other guys gets on there and he recognizes the shape. And he's like, dude, that's a bear. mean, like, we had this bear tracking our patrol and they were just like, yo, stop movement, let <laughs> him go around. And so anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy, crazy oh, stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. There was the, well, there was even an instance to where one of the, um, you know, we had a dog on uh cop Johnston um, somebody named him Bowser and uh, one of the guys was going in to use the, the, the guys made a, uh, they made a makeshift um, you know, outhouse out there. Cause there was nothing and they, they did this plywood outhouse. And of course it's vented up top. Well, he goes, well, this guy goes to go in to, to use the shitter one day and this dog just starts going ballistic. And he's like, what the heck? And he opens the door and the dog goes to run in to the crapper. And his, and the freaking mountain lion that had been up on the OP comes burning out. Like this big oh, cat man. just goes running right out the ECP. Like <laughs> insane. And if that guy had gone in there, he probably would have gotten mauled, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a horrible time.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, who would have been. <laughs> you look up and there's a cat, like big old cat above
1: you. Everything.
0: It was like everything. <laughs> everything yeah. wanted to kill you out there
1: <laughs> literally everything is
0: oh yeah oh no we we. so that was another thing we had a we had a patrol to where one of the smaller guys that was with us he was kind of falling back and we we're close to the end so the platoon sergeant sort of let it happen but he's keeping an eye on this kid we had this pack of wild dogs that was um kind of tracking us that night and this kid was falling back and they were starting to Starting to separate him away from the pack like he didn't even realize what was happening. And um, yeah, platoon started went back, he noticed it and like grabbed him by that drag handle was like, get up in front. <laughs> but I mean, this kid nearly almost got picked off by the wild dogs, you know, it's just crazy.
1: That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were there a year before us, so we were you were the start of the surge. I guess we were the the main body of the select you guys cleared and started things up for us in that area. I believe our first uh, casualties were actually right where you were, uh, specialist king from the artillery battery it was one of the first ones we lost right there in Argandab. So, so it's basically the same footprint you were in, I think.
0: Yep. And now there was also before we even left Kandahar, I seem to remember seeing there was uh um I don't remember if it was a. I don't think it was a Humvee. It might have been a Max Pro or a, one of the one of the larger Cougars. There was a culvert they didn't clear, and they ended up losing a bunch of guys there too. Like right, it was like right out in front of Cobb Johnston.
1: Uh, probably they, they lost a lot in that area. They got hit pretty hard there. It was artillery. Like I said, artillery turned into infantry for the for the mission and learning yeah, on the. fly. I remember
0: when they showed up. There was half of them, and we were. <laughs> man we we knew as soon as they came in we were just like this is a bad that was one of the first things we noticed was that like we came back in on our left seat right seat and these guys weren't even like you know we're we're immediately going into dusting off weapons you know pulling everything apart scrubbing it down before we you know hit hit our rack and stuff and they're all like oh god like we need to we need to rest up before guard rotation are like no man like you need priorities of work like you need to be ready to go at a moment's notice. Cause you don't know what happens out here. Like it could just be go time like that. You know, I happened on multiple it's
1: occasions. Deep learning curve. It's a steep learning curve. And if you don't you don't study the, from the people who've been fighting there, it's hard to catch up unless you are a good study, I guess. Uh, even the guys who replaced us, they didn't want to listen to a word we said they knew everything. It seems to- they, yep. They read the call magazines and stuff. We told me you know, that's not how this works. That's not how it works here at all. Yeah. Don't go there. Don't go here by yourself. No, we can do it. All right. You got to do Do what you got to do and uh, we'll see you.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that, believe it or not, that's the underlying theme here. I, I want to say is that quite honestly, it seems that a lot of the destruction end of things was all ego based, quite honestly.
1: You know, especially you be able to put that stuff aside yeah seem like you're I guess the first uh, the first 30 days and the latter 30 days are probably your worst days in combat everything else is kind of flash 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 it's all the same stuff over and over again but the first 30 days you're like that either ego or cocky or whatever you you know more than the guy that's been there okay uh, okay James Bond go ahead what you gotta do but learn from those who are there and then follow what they say and then maybe tweak it as you go as you get comfortable but do what they have done to be be successful and come home before you.
2: Yeah.
0: Yup. And that's really, I mean, that's, that's part of kind of like the follow on projects and some of the stuff that I've been doing outside of there too, is like military and guys that have been in, were really good at following, you know, following instruction. Yep. That's like where, if, it's like an a, the side of an AT4, you know, it's a, a kid could fire the dang thing um, because the instructions are printed on it. But if you give us those frameworks and that's part of what I did with the book stuff is, is like, I paid attention every step of the way. Okay. Like what's the pros and cons here? What have I learned here? Where should I be looking here and taking notes down on there? And it's like, okay, all right, next guy that comes along. And we already have, you know, once I announced everything and got a little bit down the road, one of the guys from you know, and I talk about it in the book. One of the guys from the element that was across the river from us, um, they started writing a book as well. You know, and he's like flying around the country interviewing people, and you know, I'm like, man, it's awesome. And I, I was able to get him a sit down, um, or at least an introduction with the, the editor of the company that published this one. You know, with CaseMate, um, and that's really what it's all about. You know, is is helping each other out and propping each other up through this. I've I've kind of experienced both sides of it and some of it, you know, it's those gatekeepers and stuff, man, there's some of it just makes me super angry, you know, when it's like, but then I have to stop and take that breath and go, all right, what are you learning right now? You know, is that how, like, cause at one point you might be, you might be at that level. So like you have to think that someone else's might approach you in the same way, you know, what's your reaction going to be like, or, Or why is this happening right now? Is it because you don't have enough of a voice or is it, you know, or is it something else? You know, what are they looking for? What's, I guess what's, what's, what's the lesson being taught at the time? What's the universe trying to, trying to teach you. And there's been so many things during this to where it's, it's irrefutable. I mean, literally, so the cover on here, this is a real picture from, um, the scene of cop brunkhorst so second platoon was out at the town of diakache staying out of one of the buildings there we were so saturated that they split all the platoons apart so which is why this particular book comes from first platoons yeah because i mean we we literally operated in three separate first platoon was moved out to cop johnston because we had been out at cop wear and the workload was just so bad so you're like all right let's give them a break sending out to Johnston, and the plan was to like rotate third back into over there too, so that they they would get their turn. But it just ended up to where second platoon got pushed out to Delcasse, and the scene on the front cover here is after a thousand pound V bid was exploded and it flattened the compound that second platoon was in. I mean, guys buried alive. Um, the U.S. troops that you know got hit in that we there were no casualties or at least no uh there was no kias on our side we had man like half of them got medevaced you know a bunch of them came back um after getting checked out and everything but this was taken during the recovery of it and someone saw the flag uh you know underneath the rubble and stuff and the guys were like no like that that doesn't sit right man and they pulled it back out and hoisted it back over but when this picture showed up As I'm, you know, starting to tell the guys and the word is starting to get out and stuff that I'm writing this thing, one of the the guys, um, Brian Erickson, contacted me and he's like, hey man, I, I actually have that flag. I recovered it from the battlefield when we left. Like, I have it at home. I'm like, what? And it took a little bit, it took a little bit of time, like, and we kind of like searched around first we called the unit and we're like hey do you want this maybe for the for the unit display case or something like that it's a piece of the history and we couldn't really get a hold of them and it ended up to where it just ended up perfect to where the airborne and special operations museum was the first uh event for the book launch and we just rolled everything into so that flag got dedicated there along with a whole bunch of other artifacts from that particular deployment the guy's Showed up in droves. I mean, all these pictures that wow. you're seeing on the on the social media campaign, the the Damn the Valley book. Those are the guys. Like, I had five grainy Facebook pictures when the publisher was like, "Do you got pictures to give us for this thing?" And I just said yes because I knew that if I asked, like, the guys would. Ra- we really did. We had something special there. Quite honestly, the the group of guys that's there. This would not have happened without them. For one, you know, and they've been extremely support like they've been through all of it they've looked through through all of it we've gone back and forth you know there's been multiple instances to where it's like you get those different views and stuff but through it and through sharing these stories and like re kind of reopening some of the, the traumas because some of them were some of these guys didn't want to talk and i was okay with that but they i was going to say i think everybody but one of them actually ended up calling back um you know and eventually talking to me there was one who was adamant about not he was he was ticked off you know and I finally just explained to him I'm like hey man look like I get it and I understand what you're going through like I am messing with your like foundation here I get it you know I'm not trying to do that um I want to present the story correctly you know accurately and truthfully and and without your input, there's certain stuff that I can't get without you. And you know that. I'm like, let's just talk so it's right. Like, and I'll shoot you anything that, and again, we can go back and forth. And quite honestly, like a lot of these first drafts that came back, there was barely anything that ever needed to get changed. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the feedback from it has been incredible. You know, it's just been to get some of the stuff back. And then, I mean, even more recently uh the day before veterans day so i couldn't be out to an event where uh sebastian younger was speaking at the national veterans um museum out in i think it's ohio and i was like man that'd be a really cool event you know but i'm speaking at the airborne museum tomorrow for my own book launch event so like shut up man you got a cooler event to be at <laughs> um <laughs> but I got contacted by one of the, uh, alpha company guys. And you know, we were talking back and forth and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be at the event. And I'm like, dude, I know this is a lot, but could you try and get a copy to younger? And he's like, Oh yeah. Like not a problem. I don't think I can do it, but like if, if I can, I'll, I will, I'll hand it off to him. And, um, that night, the night of the 10th, we were, you know, in Fayetteville, kind of meeting some of the guys that showed up to this thing for, for dinner. And I get this picture with him holding a book up next to younger wearing an old two Fury shirt. And I'm like, dude, man, you guys, incredible. Just and that's I think that would probably be the biggest takeaway from this whole project is like you 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 could, but you really can't do it alone. If you want something to really shine through and to be the best version of of what you can offer. It's got to be a collaboration with the other guys, man. And, and that's what it's been every step of the way. I mean, I've had everything from people helping me out with making commercials from voiceovers that were like, Hey, use this script and, you know, and we'll make you a voiceover. And it's like just blown away with the amount of support and the people that come out to, you know, endorse the book on that end and stuff. It's, it's been incredible. And it's been a wild, it's been a wild ride. It's been good
1: it's a good ride definitely and, and you you bring up Spash and younger you, you bring up in the same light you say it takes the village basically to get something going he he wrote a great book called tribe and I it's exactly about it here and it's based on his his interactions around the world but uh more more specifically afghanistan where you know you learn a lot about tribal life and things like that and that's what we need and uh it takes everyone working together to make things successful and you learn that the military a... you learn. That on that person to right and left and for you guys your platoon that that became your your real family i mean you have your blood family but that family that you fought right next to you for all that time that's your family forever
0: oh yeah and it's a and it's just a different like i mean you those guys just go to the ends of the earth for you to where i mean and it, and it really you know and it's like you don't want to let them down either like that's that's the other end too is like you have that mutual end of like you don't want to see them fail um you know I, and again it, it all just wraps right up into the whole <laughs> I, I can't there's no end it's all full circle like it really like you're saying that that book tribes. so like tribe was actually a book that i um and it's just funny on how this worked out. So when I got out of the military and went back to school, I ended up going to uh, Towson University for my undergrad for business. And it's it's funny that's actually the sweatshirt I'm wearing now is from their um, military and veterans club. Well, I spoke there uh, on Thursday, um, okay. so I got to speak to some of the guys there, and it was it was it was really good to see because that military and vet center has come such a long way in the four or five years since like i've been at that school they i kind of like started beating on their door because i was like hey you know like let's get these guys together and like let's get them in one spot and everything and what i didn't realize there had been so much work done behind the scenes by the guy that showed up as i was leaving to really build that community within there and it it brought me to tears you know to see how these guys showed up and i was like man like it ended up being more for me, <laughs> right? Which is yeah. funny, weird how that worked out.
1: Aha moments there, yeah. So that, I mean, that's good. yeah. I was yeah, down was in a cool. uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, I, don't know, I guess a month and a half ago, and the head of the military department there for Middle Tennessee State University came in. And he's a retired colonel, a retired general, I'm sorry, and he was talking to us, and he said he doesn't go by general; he just goes by whatever his first name is. And people ask him to do this, this, and this. He said no. You ask these the cadets, the guys that are going, trying to get through military science, they're the ones you talk to. And these young veterans that are coming to the center, they're the ones you talk to. And then if you need, if there's a problem to me, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. Not I'll fix it. We'll fix it. And the, the center is just booming. And they do everything for the community. They have community. It's great. Uh, if I was living closer to there, I'd go there every day.
0: Heck yeah. I mean, there. do you think too, is that like possibly, because I know that, there is that whole issue to where you see a bunch of the guys out there where the VA payments and stuff start to become a handout as opposed to like you know using it to actually better that end or maybe supplement you know as a secondary something. income like you have that other revenue stream that allows you that foundation or that base you know to be able to do these other options like I don't know, write a book or be involved in your community yeah, or you know Spotify. yeah i mean i'm just
2: <laughs>
0: start it, yeah any anything but like make yourself useful and then find out where you fit into there and i know it's just learning along the way you know because i know i have a bit of that myself and i'm starting to see that end of it um but it is you know
1: send me kind of thing it's been great and I- uh, audience right now, Willis is on here. He's from a hometown, Homefront Sit Rep. another podcast that's up out of Kentucky. Yeah, uh, we, I've been on his show, he's been on my show, and I kind of took him under my wing, mentored him a little bit just because I know, like you said earlier, we all need to push each other up, push each other up. Yes. and this is blown up, it's doing great. He started a round table we do, and we do a round table once a month now. We get a group group of veterans to get on, talk about veteran issues, and we do this last. Awesome. We sat and, and we sit there. Of course, we talk trash to each other first. And then we get then you get oh, to yeah. focus. The group you got to do it. And <laughs> that's, if there's that's a marine, if there's a marine in there, you throw some crayons out there. You do stuff like that, and everything <laughs> works out in the end. But it's the great thing he's doing, and he's actually doing great things, and I'm I'm proud of everything he's doing, and I can't wait to see where we all go next.
0: That is awesome. That is so like, and now like, how big is the group, like the round table here?
1: Uh, this last one, I think we had six on it, and we'll rotate people. and We had actual two guests on this one, it's, it's that's awesome. Been, it was pretty cool this time to just to bring some expert expertise in there. Uh, yeah. first time we talked, it was right when uh Hamas attacked Israel. This one, it was a little charged in that one. There was a uh, guys that were from as far back as uh Black Hawk Down days, 1993. To current lot, guys. So there's different opinions on what's going on and stuff. So it's good to get that healthy, healthy talk, that healthy vibe in there, and still be able to smile at the end of it and say good talk, bro. And then this week, this time we talked about current things. Of course, suicide comes up a lot because that's one of the biggest things for us. And I'm a big advocate. You just said it now. There's the handout. I like to give a hand up. I like to give our fellow yep. veterans a hand up, not a handout, because that makes them not rely upon you except for advice. Give them the hand <laughs> up and this is the way, the direction you need to go. Here's your compass, here's your map, and have a good time, and we'll be back to check on you later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, the teach man a fish versus same deal. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> and Willis is on my eyes against a hand up, not a handout.
2: So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's It's it. Reach- it is. It's- He'll probably reach out to you to get you on his show, too.
0: I'm all about it, man. No, that's, uh, honestly, that's been, and th- that was one of the biggest things like with the, with this, the publisher and stuff, they, um, even they came back and they're like, cause I was on team house and I think one of them said, I don't remember if it, no, it wasn't the publisher. Somebody said it recently though, that whole, man, I'm really, this book is really blowing up. It's, it's quite the overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> i just started laughing and i'm like do you know how many po- i did 18 podcasts you know uh, i think what now you're number 20 or something 20 or 21 you know but it's like to get on this stuff you got to do you got to do the reps <laughs> you know and it's yes. like there was so many different shows across there and they're wow you sound really good on there and i'm like yeah go listen to the earlier ones <laughs> you know and you can't <laughs> i have no shame in it because it's like you know, this shows the progression behind it. And it was like, okay, you know, I was, i um, I'm still, you know, I mean, you know, you can hear right now I'm unpolished during this stuff. You know, I don't, I'm still figuring out my way on it, but one day we'll get there, but we'll all get there together. Right.
1: <laughs> be a fun ride getting there. That's what you gotta do. Have fun time. And if you listen to my earliest shows, uh, I mean, I'm an episode, I just published episode three thirty tonight, right before you Ooh. came on man. If you go episodes one through probably twenty, some of them are recorded in my Jeep while I'm driving. In a Ooh. Jeep, you know, Jeeps Ooh. are pretty loud.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so they were raw, uncut, and I don't do a lot of editing. If you say something on here, it's going on there. So it and this is live, so I can't change what happens live. I don't have an, an easy yeah, button yeah. here. So I believe that if what we what we said is what was meant to happen, unless there's some kind of glitch, like you said earlier, I'm fading in. This is my Max Headroom stuff happening there, so that's good. But if you if you listen to those and see where I progress from there, now I have an actual boom mic. I have a, my wife put me in the studio up here because she got tired of me downstairs. So here I am. And you got to keep progressing. And someday I'll have a, maybe a classroom so we can see other. There you go.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> And that, yeah, yeah I know so I, I right. keep getting the the eye because of the, the, they see the new piece of equipment coming in or the, the key lighting. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, I'm... <laughs> it's my job. Was that <laughs> no. Was <that>
1: <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Major didn't sign off on it. No. <laughs> what
1: microphones do you need? Oh. <laughs> you either want. All, all the microphones. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all the microphones. So where can, but, uh, uh, is the book sold everywhere or is it like, uh, just online is. or in stores as well? No,
0: no, no, no. It's so we've been having trouble with the in stores and I'll explain that. Um, so you can get it on Amazon. Amazon's the quickest, the easiest you can get it at the publisher casemate. Um, they do military history. That's actually why I went with them on everything is they do. They did a fantastic job on like the editing and like, I know, like, I supplied the cover stuff, but working with me and everything, they did a really good job on, they were really good about keeping the vision and whatnot. But yeah, Amazon, Casemate, Barnes and Noble. Um, So Barnes and Noble is weird. They got in X amount of copies to where they haven't been able to keep things in stock. Like, we literally, we sold out the publisher's warehouse a week before the actual publication date. So they had nothing left to send out. And then, the publication day bookshop.org went down. They didn't have anything left. Barnes and noble had like one copy left in their warehouse, nothing oh, in the man. stores. Cause they were like, everything's already gone. We're like, what? So they reordered more and they still haven't had enough to put on the shelves are gone again. Um, maybe eventually I'm hoping they get on the shelves by Christmas. Like they just placed this massive order. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, Amazon right now is like the quickest. I also have a side project for author signed copies that you can get them online. And the reason why I did that is that for every two of those author signed copies that I sell, I can get one copy to the guys that were there. And that's my goal is to to get at least 150 copies out to the guys that were over there, you know, and it, it might even develop into something else, you know, over time. But that's kind of that. I, I hate asking for that, like you know hey donate money to give something and be like no i feel like i at least owe something so i need to put it into crowdsourced you know but it's not it's not marked up same as retail 35 and uh, i'll get you out a signed copy you know I, I usually send them the next day and um yeah i mean you can check it on social too damn the at damn the valley book across what instagram facebook um tiktok youtube reddit now <laughs> i mean you name it i know right well i figured out reddit reads and i was like oh man like there's a bunch of guys on here that are actually reading
1: people are there that's good
0: yeah and i mean you can get almost like the all of the stories and and stuff on uh damn the there's actually something up there to where and i want guys to do this share their story because through this that's the whole thing is like let your stories be known out there and it doesn't just post up on there, but I have something called the wall of stories and send stuff in. I'll put it out there. You know, as long as it's not like vulgar disrespectful or, or nasty towards someone. Yeah. I'll put it up there, man. Like this stuff is real and it needs to be told. Um, the stories in this book are, are very real. Like it's not, I don't do something to where it's a nonfiction book and it reads like some dry, boring deal. Like you are in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know if you've read some of this stuff this sent, but like you are in it. Um, you know, and that's actually one of the things that was discussed by a few of the guys too, you know, is like they were getting smells and cravings and stuff. So I mean wow. it, it does bring up some of this stuff from other guys. And so I mean, like, be aware of, of that getting into it. Um, but it has it's been good in the way of therapeutic and guys sharing their story and getting this stuff out there and being able to share it among, you know, peers and among guys that understand that have been there before.
1: Outstanding. And uh, it's, this has been great chatting with you on that. Of course, we're arguing veterans together. Uh, I was just uh, a little away from you there. Uh, the Misfit Nation, you asked why, why my why? And I think the pre-show the Misfit Nation comes from that, 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 that deployment, my platoon was the Misfits. And since 2010, we've stayed together tight, just like your platoon there. And uh you know, on December thirty-first of two thousand ten, we lost Sergeant Michael Beckerman. Uh, he was clearing a clearing a compound in Housing Madad, and they him and order him and order the lieutenant stepped on a device and uh, we lost him and the lieutenant became a triple amputee. But that's how we had that's our why, that's why the Misfit Nation's still alive today, is because of that platoon in two thousand and in that same damn valley.
0: Man, I got to hear your story sometime, man. We got to either, you know, you said you're coming out to the D.C. area, which I'm not all that far away from there, by the way. Man, I I wish I had known.
1: Um, I'll be up in Sterling. Okay. Yeah,
0: you're right around the corner. Yeah. Cool, man.
1: Probably get on the, what's a gold line that goes further up there, I guess, or whatever yellow line. I'm not sure if one goes there, but now I can jump on that and meet you at a a train stop. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go all
1: right brother any uh any tips you want to share with the audience on how they can uh, be successful without getting a handout
0: oh, that's too easy man like honestly it's it's not it's never about you in that it's it's all by with and through like that's a hundred percent it's never if if it's based about you or your lone dog in it you know you're you're that lone wolf um you're gonna have a lot harder time uh smooth out the slipstream ask ask the people around you man like get your mentors and stuff get the the crew around you um bounce ideas off people and always always be learning like you know i'm not saying like put down the tv remote and stuff but i mean like fill those times like that was one of the things when i was going to school one of the biggest i learned so much in the way of i had an hour commute to school and an hour back and i would listen to podcasts and i would put on podcasts that dealt with, Hey, what do you want to learn? Like, where do you want to base this? And it's an hour learning in and an hour learning back instead of music and stuff like that. And I would just take from that and then reflect on it. And honestly, I probably learned more in those hours than I did in some of those classes that I went to quite honestly.
1: I guarantee it. <laughs> Especially <Guarantee it. laughs> we are enjoying it. so.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I had some good classes. That was actually, it was a good school. Honestly, it was a, it was a really good school. And I love to hear that now the veteran center is, you know, doing the things they're doing and they have the community that they are, because really that's, again, you know, I'll just hammer it home one more time, you know, community and that point of being together there, you know, you're saying we're on a show called the Misfit Nation, (laughs) you know, it's, it's about that network, man. It really is
1: definitely 100 percent. will it's been great chilling with you tonight i uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of your month and especially the holiday season uh much success for the book and uh, if if we do get the cross paths up that way it'd be great to chat and share our stories
0: okay yeah, rich sounds good man thanks for having me on all right brother.
1: no problem brother. anytime if you want to come on again just give me a holler
0: <laughs> absolutely no it's been awesome
1: all right brother have a good night too
2: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you serve in the military? If so, you can obtain a free lifetime pass to more than 2,000 federal recreation sites. These sites are located across more than 400 million acres of public lands, including national parks, wildlife refuges, and forests. The lands host activities to fit any lifestyle. Hiking, biking, fishing, camping, and much more. Old Star families are also eligible for these free lifetime passes. Plus, they cover entrance fees for a driver and all passengers in a car, or up to three additional adults at sites that charge per person. Obtaining one is easy. Just go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov, or the National Park Service app. Thanks for checking us out and being
1: a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com. Check out all of our past episodes and get some of that great Misfit Nation movie. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are. This <laughs> Fit Nation.
2: This Fit Nation. This Fit Nation. This Fit Nation.